Welcome to the Wildflower Field Audio Walk. On this walk, we'll be exploring the wildflower field and the gardens around it. To orient yourself, you should begin at the east side of the center building, facing the entry driveway. With your back to the center, walk along the left or north side of the motor circle. You'll see a raised elevation garden across the parking lot to your left. Please be aware of traffic. Just after you cross the parking lot, turn left onto the unpaved path to begin this tour. You may pause the recording until you enter the walking path. This secluded path follows a complete loop and will return you to the center. Please begin your walk. You will enter this path between beds of aloe blue elf and under a canopy of Palo Verde known as Parkinsonia Desert Museum. This tree was discovered in Arizona and is a naturally occurring triple hybrid that displays characteristics of the blue, Mexican, and foothill Palo Verdes. Halfway down the entry path are large shrubs called Leucophyllum. Sunnylands has five different varieties in the gardens. These are Texas Ranger, but there are multiple hybrid varieties that offer a size and leaf and bloom coloration for every garden. Their color range is from bright purple to lavender to violet blooms. When you arrive at the T in the road, you will see the artichoke agave, or agave perii truncata, directly in front of you. This is probably our most identifiable agave because of its close resemblance to an artichoke. Turn right at the T and begin the loop of the wildflower field, which should be on your left. To your right, you will see Hesperallo parviflora, called red yucca. This species displays salmon-color flowers on three-foot stalks and is one of three species of Hesperallo in the gardens. Directly behind it is the large Hesperallo funifera that will bloom white and light pink. As you walk along this path, notice the dunes of the wildflower fields to your left. This is the natural landscape of the Coachella Valley, which is a blow-sand desert ecosystem. Wind creates dune formations as it moves across the valley floor. The Coachella fringe-toed lizard is one species that takes advantage of this fragile ecosystem through specialization. These lizards are able to escape the heat by burrowing into the dunes, where their specialized feet allow them to swim through the sand just a few inches below the surface. The Coachella Valley Preserve, established in 1985, includes more than 20,000 acres that have been set aside to protect threatened and endangered species, including the Coachella Valley fringe-toed lizard. You should now be near a bench where you can take a moment to sit and look out over the wildflower field. Directly in front of you are columnar cactus, known as San Pedros, or Echinopsis pachinoi. These can grow between 9 and 20 feet tall. If a stem breaks off cactus like the San Pedro, it can be replanted and will continue to grow. Looking out beyond the San Pedros, you will see large shrubs in the wildflower field. These are three yellow-blooming native species. The largest is the native creosote. Their botanical name is Luria tridentata. 
Their leaves have a very distinct and pleasing scent that can be described as smelling like rain on the desert. Their yellow flowers are a food source for lizards like the desert iguana. The field is also filled with a medium-sized shrub in celia, or brittle bush. They are commonly seen along the roads and open fields in the valley. And the smallest of the yellow-blooming plants are Baileyi multiradiata, or desert marigold. These small showstoppers bloom much of the year. Continue walking on the path. The trees on this part of the trail do not have the green bark. Instead, you'll notice a variety of brown and brownish-red trees, some with smooth and some with rough bark. These are all a variety of hybrid mesquites, known as prosopis. As legumes, these trees add nitrogen to the soil through bacteria in their roots and from leaves that fall and deteriorate into the desert soil. They are a particularly powerful legume, and soil fertility is significantly higher around these trees than other areas of the desert. In his book, Gathering the Desert, Gary Paul Nabim writes this of the mesquite. In the ocean of extreme heat and drought, which we call the Sonoran Desert, Prosopis is a protective harbor, an island of shade, nutrients, and moisture. This clearly describes the mesquite's value as an ecosystem member that provides countless services to its desert neighbors. As you make the turn on the path to begin heading back to the center, be sure to stop and take a moment to enjoy the views of the wildflower field with the San Jacinto Mountains to the west. This path was designed with vignettes for quiet viewing. This is a favorite spot to take in the San Jacinto and Santa Rosa Mountains. These ranges are what make the Coachella Valley a rain shadow desert. It's a phenomenon that occurs because Pacific storms are stopped by these mountains that rise almost 11,000 feet. Water-heavy storm clouds cannot rise above these ranges and must drop much of their water on the west side, resulting in drier conditions in the eastern shadow of these mountains. These same conditions occur further north, forming other desert regions, including the Mojave and Great Basin deserts, which occur on the eastern side of the San Gabriels, San Bernardinos, and Sierra Nevadas. Framing these views was a determining factor in the orientation of the historic estate and the center and gardens. The Annenbergs loved these mountain views. Begin your walk back to the center. The wildflower field attracts many species, including black-tailed jackrabbits and desert cottontail, which build nests in the field. Roadrunner, bobcat, and coyote can also be seen hunting here. Desert wildflowers are highly sensitive to particular environmental factors, such as fall rainstorms and temperature ranges throughout fall, winter, and spring. These factors help determine bloom level of annual displays. Dominant bloom colors one year may give way to a carpet of blue chia plants and desert Canterbury Bell another year. In some years, the field will produce only spots, showcasing white dune primrose, orange California poppy, and purple verbena as prominent species. Beginning in February, we start seeing the blooms appear and get an idea of what the season will show us. 
More than 12 species of native wildflowers and bunch grasses are seeded annually to support our local pollinators and to mimic the natural wildflower displays that can be elusive for many years in the desert. The white piping you see above ground is irrigation and is used in this part of the gardens to balance water needs. But desert wildflowers do not always follow our rules, so even with all these resources provided, they still may wait to bloom. As you walk on these paths, the temperature differences can be felt when you move between the shade of the trees and the sun in open spots. Plants that provide shade to wildlife are crucial for desert survival. You may be hearing what sounds like an electrical buzzing. This is actually the sound made by Apache cicadas that live in the gardens. Unlike crickets that make a chirping sound with their legs, the cicada make this sound using their abdomen that they vibrate against their hard exoskeleton. Cicadas will live their life in the gardens, starting as larvae underground, then crawling to the surface and flying into the canopies of the trees. Each step of the way, they discard their exoskeleton from what looks like a completely different insect. You can sometimes spot their abandoned shells on the tree bark. On your right, you should be nearing the cactus Opuntia macrodasis, which is made up of connected cactus pads similar to the traditional prickly pear and some of the more recognizable plants of the desert. Its misleading common name is bunny ears, due to its shape and fuzzy appearance. However, the soft fuzzy appearance is due to spines known as glockids that are anything but soft. If you get these in your skin, the best method of extraction is to use tape. But still, they can break off easily, leaving a painful point under the skin which you will likely feel for some time. So the best method is not to touch these at all. As the path turns to the left, you'll notice a yucca called yucca rostrata on the right side. These yuccas are growing taller with each new set of sharp pointed leaves. The older leaves fold down along the base, forming a beautiful trunk, and the new leaf crown continues to reach upward. They produce a large bundle of white blooms that appear annually. Their pollinator is a moth who transfers pollen from one yucca to another, a requirement for these plants to produce seeds. Just past the yucca, you will see a path to your right where you can exit into the parking lot and toward the West Gardens. But before you exit, notice on your left the green twiggy plant without leaves. This is desert milkweed, or Asclepia subulata, and this species is important to include in any desert native wildflower garden because it supports species that include the monarch and queen butterflies and the tarantula hawk wasp, just to name a few. This is the end of the Wildflower Field audio walk. You may exit here into the parking lot that will take you back to the center or to the gardens on the west where you can begin another garden audio walk. Please be aware of traffic as you exit the garden and enjoy the rest of your visit at Sunnyland Center and Gardens.